Hey, welcome to the Common Life Podcast. My name is Austin Lawrence, and I'm here with Tyler Daniel and J.R. Cochran. You guys doing okay today? Oh, yeah. Doing good. Mm-hmm. Okay, fantastic. Yep. Listen, um, we have one uh, unique and particular goal today where we are talking about being a lifelong learner. Yep. And this kind of came from an idea that uh, I read a few years ago. I was reading a biography of J.I. Packer, which it still feels strange to me to read a biography of someone who's still alive. I right. feel like that's kind of a rite of passage that death gives you, but um, Packer's... Well, you're a big fan of like the historical, like you want to read just the intimate details of folks from long ago. Absolutely. I mean, it, it seems weird to write a biography before the, the life is done. Yeah. It seems like the life needs to come to conclusion and then biography shows up. So at any rate, it okay. was a biography by J.I. Packer or about J.I. Packer by Philip Riken. And one of the things that has stuck with me from that biography is that without question, Packer is one of the greatest um, theological Christian minds of the last 100 years. He's been one of the most influential writers and thinkers. He, uh, man, I feel like every book I pick up, he has given a recommendation for it in the front cover. Um, So this guy is all over the place. And so because of that, you would think that he is just a a nerdy, um, and he is a nerdy guy, but yeah, but you would think that he is just desperately pro um, formal education. And he is pro-formal education, but the thing that he is more adamant about, and I, this has stuck with me, is the idea of Christians becoming lifelong learners. Hmm. And so that takes, um, it's like a, a, a personal pursuit of understanding and growth uh, through, uh, you know, just uh, personal resources and reading and, and, and discipleship. And so, I wanted to simply ask the question to you guys, and I can answer this as well. Um, what are, what are the, some of the things you look for when you're looking at uh, resources to that end of being a lifelong learner in the Christian faith, of growing in your faith, of stirring your affections for Christ with, uh, with good resources and good books? What are, what are maybe some, some resources and books that have been really influential, and what are you looking for um, uh, looking for when you're looking for resources to grow with. Sure. Yeah, I think one thing I would say as I like as I stall to answer that question, one thing I would say is um, this isn't just like information for information's sake, right? Yeah. Like the the idea I think that Packers probably trying to get across, and certainly the one that that you know I'm interested in is that this isn't just like you know you should you know have a lot of reading done. Um, but that uh, you, but that you read for um, the purpose of like sort of like constantly like growing, sharpening. Like that, that this can actually be a part of like discipleship and sort of like sort of um, challenging yourself, being keeping truth in front of yourself, keeping um, uh, sort of discipline in front of yourself. Um, you know, sort of this idea that like I'm not done growing. The Lord's not done with me. I've got things to learn from other people. Um, and, and sometimes the people in our life that we need to learn from are certainly the people that are like in congregation next to us. Like that's a gift Like the church given to us is a gift to us. But we like through the printed word, um, I mean, the scriptures are this to some extent, but through the printed word, through having like libraries and archives and those kind of things, like we get to benefit from the body of believers from the church universal by just going out and reading a book Yeah. and, and, and by getting like, just like sort of 
And we have, we have access through the internet to like, you know, the sum of human knowledge, even though, you know, the internet can be a weird place, right? But <laughs> we can, <laughs> we can, we can get a hold of, uh, we can get a hold of stuff that like otherwise in other generations you wouldn't have had access to. And we have things at our fingertips that other people never had access to. So in addition to the gift that we have of our local church, we, we can benefit from these like saints and brothers and sisters and believe in, and believers that the Lord has like given real gifts of wisdom and communication and understanding in the past and, and, and allow those voices from the past or just from far off in the present, um, like that are, that are far away from us physically to be able to speak into our lives. Right. And, and to see how the spirit might be able to use that community of believers, that church universal to be able to sharpen us. Um, it's a, I mean, it's a cool idea to think about like, because most of the time when I think about like Proverbs talking about iron sharpening iron, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about Tyler and I sitting there asking each other heart level questions and encouraging each other with the truth of the scripture, which is iron sharpening iron. But to think in addition to that, I could also like have like St. Augustine sharpen iron for me as yeah. well, because I can read from how the Lord has shaped him and those things can speak into my life. Right. Or to, to think about, you know, people today, right? Like, Every once in a while, we quote a guy named Tim Keller, right? And the idea <laughs> that's that, like, what I was thinking about the idea that you know that we could learn from the things that he's that he's learned from that he's that the Lord's kind of revealed to him like that. That's just a it's just well, it's a cool an amazing idea. thing. I, I feel like I've been discipled by Tim Keller, and yet I've never sat in front of the guy. Yeah, he has no idea who I am. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a like obviously there's a personal aspect to discipleship that you can't get from sure. this, but you can benefit from what these folks have lived through and grown through and been sanctified by yeah that's a huge huge gift yeah and the gift of the written word to be able to and not talking about bible but talking about resources we're able to learn from people who are older and have um way larger minds than we've got um Mm -hmm. to uh be able to have our affections stirred with information uh for for jesus so Mm -hmm. yeah so i think one way i'd answer that i mean you know graciously the lord's like um, given me some opportunities and, and um, I've had the chance to be able to do some schooling, right? So, uh, you know, obviously went to went to college, but I've also done some seminary and I'm, I'm doing some school right now. And so that's been a big help uh, yeah. to be able to get exposure in a setting where I'm um, constantly sort of, um, you know, being challenged by other people thinking and, you know, kind of having some, you know, professors and scholars kind of curate a reading list for me. You know, that's a help. That's not something everybody needs to do. Um, it's not something everybody would even want to do, right? So, but that's that's been part of it for me. And I think from that, I've picked up a few voices that I like to hear from and learn from. Um, I think one of the things you can do um, is, you know, find you a book, specifically if you're thinking about like uh, sort of reading in the area of like sort of Christian growth, development, theology, biblical, like sort of interpretation. If you're thinking about in one of those areas in terms of like how I could be challenged and grown iron sharpening iron in terms of what you can be reading or learning from. One of the things you can do is you can find a book that's been recommended to you, right? That someone that you trust has recommended it, it to you. And, and maybe you've read it and you felt like, man, that was really good, right? I connect with that person's writing. I connect with you know, how they try to communicate things. I think they've got a really good handle on some things. I think I could learn a lot more from this person. Well, you can obviously go and read the other things that they've written, right? So you just sort of build off of what you've already got in front of you. Um, But you also, especially like certain kinds of books, if it's a it's a Bible study, it's a book on theology, if it's, you know, in these kind of things, most of the time they're going to have some sort of appendix or bibliography. Yeah. 
and you just turn back there because they, you know, like all of us are, you know, standing on the shoulders of some other giants, right? And they have, they're saying what they've said because they've found some other people that they trust, right? So start with somebody you trust and go see who they trust and, and work your way through that bibliography and you can start to build that out. And, and that's, that's, a, that's a better way of doing it rather than just like sort of Googling like, you know, good books for, you know, starting out in biblical interpretation Absolutely. or good books for, you know, to, to, for beginners in biblical theology or something like that. I mean, you, the Google results page is going to be just a Jackson Pollock scattered mess <laughs> of things from all over the Christian or Christian-like universe. Yeah. So start with somebody you trust and see who they've trusted and, and kind of build a list from there. Absolutely, man. And I, I love that. I've, I've heard um, uh, Jen Wilkin, who's the women's uh, minister over at the village, and she talked about, she, she, I, I think at this point she might have a seminary degree, but the, the way, but actually. I, I don't think she does. And I think her title, I mean, she's in, she's in their institute. Um, and, but I think she's got, like her role is actually is kind of changing, but she's, she's over their Bible studies, certainly for uh, women's okay. ministry. She writes some curriculum, I think for lots of different things. But I think she actually just moved into like being over some of their like next gen ministry, like some of their family stuff. She's awesome. speaking into some of that too. So she's got a, she's got one of those utility player kind of roles but over there. She's spooky smart, no matter what she's doing. Crazy smart. Yeah. And um, I remember listening to her um, at one point saying that the way that uh, the, the Lord kind of started her down the path of theological understanding and, and study right. was by reading some R.C. Sproul books yeah, and then just right. reading and then going to the appendix and then reading the guys that R.C. Sproul qu quoted. Yeah. And um, over the course of 10 years of being a mom and being at the house, like she had self-educated herself uh, really to like a master's level mm -hmm. um, seminary degree, even though she's never had, had formal education. Sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So I, I think that's a, that's a great recommendation to find people that you trust, whether those are people that you know in your life that can recommend books to you or um, books that, that uh, and, and, and authors that you really trust. Guys like you know, Sproul or Keller, or, mm -hmm. um, you know, Keller has, has clearly been a, a massive influence in my life, but mm -hmm. uh, guys like that, that um, uh, you can, or Jen Wilkin um, and others that you can go to and uh, look at people that have really influenced them. Right, for sure. Tyler, what would you say are some places that you've kind of learned to, how you've, how you've figured out source, resources you can trust and, and your kind of go-tos for when you need to grow or be sharpened through reading or learning? Yeah, um, I was thinking about it, and I think there's a couple of different things I picked up along the way from some other people in my life that I probably hadn't even really had to think about how I got there. You right. know what I mean? It just sure. kind of happened because I had people that – they were lifelong learners and they had some, they were really mature. And so like, I kind of picked up these things, but I'd say like real simply that, that probably the three things that I've picked up uh, to continue in that and is to, there's, there's those things that you've picked up from the people around you that you trust that mm -hmm. kind of are easy to confirm and continue kind of moving you in the same direction of growth um, and kind of staying in that stream of people and that, that trust. And then one other thing that's helped me be a lifelong learner is reading fiction yeah even absolutely. as a even as a like a creative I didn't grow up reading fiction right I didn't really like it but fiction I think helps open up the scriptures and allows sure. you to deal with mystery and wonder and awe in a way that you can't apart from reading it right. so I always try to have some sort of fiction being read in my life at some point so that I kind of yeah push to awe and wonder and not just a black and white understanding of what's right and wrong 
So things that encourage me are kind of within the stream that I'm within, fiction. And then the last one would be like, I usually like to be reading something that's kind of like convicting. That's like pushing against the norms in my life, pushing against the things that I already know are true. Or maybe like something that's reading my mail. Mm -hmm. Like, I know this is a thing that I struggle with. I should probably ask some people in my life, what's a book on this thing that would help me kind of like wrestle with something that pushes against my natural tendencies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So I'm thinking about over like a year, Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that I've at least read one in each of those categories, if not more. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to look different for us all, like how much we read. But I think if in your year you had something that pressed against you Mm -hmm. that kept pushing you forward in a certain direction and something to help you kind of come to the scriptures. Right. um, With more awe and wonder and an openness to receive what they have for us. I think you'd probably be in a good spot. Yeah, sure, sure. That's good. That's a good goal. Absolutely. That's good, man. Um, I think I also. I mean, this is uh, this is not really everybody's cup of tea. But uh, one thing I often will tell people if they're wanting to like dive a little bit deeper into like personal Bible study, not the Bible studies that we put on or somebody else's organized form or whatever, but they just say, "Man, I really want to jump into James or Hosea or something like that on my own." What rec- you know? What commentaries would you recommend? Well, I, for the most part, like I, I know like some series of commentaries that I think are generally pretty good. Like we we you know recommend the um, Christ-centered exposition, Christ-centered exposition commentary yeah. pretty often, uh, for you know for sort of a, a different kind of take on something we might say like NI, NIV application commentary is pretty solid for. Yeah. I, I look at that one for um, for some interpretation and application stuff. Obviously NIV. Commentary in the Old preach Testament, the word, NIV yeah. commentary on, on the New Testament. Yeah, the Preach the Word series. Like there's some of those series, but in general, like I can't tell you what my favorite commentary is on the Book of Isaiah or something like that. I don't, I don't, I, I don't really have the recall for that kind of stuff. But there's a website, bestcommentaries.com, uh, that I go to pretty often, and they have people that just kind of go through and they rate uh, commentaries for each book, and you can kind of just it's rated on like a, you know, zero to a hundred scale, and so you can just pull up the Gospel of Matthew and see what of these commentaries rate the highest and then it'll break it down for you and say okay this is a you know this commentary is a technical level commentary right so that's one that's really for like somebody who's a scholar who really wants to get into the greek or the hebrew and you know parse tenses and those kind of things right and if that's what you're into awesome right um and then it'll also say like okay this one's kind of a pastoral level it doesn't mean you have to be a pastor to read that but you can kind of that that's what they're written for so it's somebody who's like interested in you know, how do you teach this thing? How do you apply it to our culture? How do you, you know, try to communicate this um, to a to a modern contemporary audience? Yeah. Um, you know, and then there's it'll tell you like, hey, here's the best commentary resource that we've reviewed in this book at a devotional level, right? So, um, like for somebody who wants to be able to pick something up, do some daily reading, be able to get good solid teaching, but in but really briefly, then you know, it's going to be able to tell you. So it's got all those things categorized. So it's a really, really helpful resource for yeah. for Bible study. If you're looking at a commentary, it's really helpful for that. But if you are looking for an Isaiah commentary, Ortland's. Really? Yeah. I haven't. I don't know. That, that, that wasn't necessary. No, it's fine. I, I, I would <laughs> I say know. anything Ray Ortland. Yeah. Oh. Anyone, if you're listening, just go listen to his sermons. I know. Right. He doesn't know it, but I've a- adopted him as my grandfather. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just a Seriously. sweet voice in my existence. Yeah. But yeah, his his commentary on Isaiah is incredible. Yeah. Anyways. So okay, so that's like commentaries, right? So like just in other fields, this might be helpful for us to people to just kind of hear, um, you know, like where your go tos are. But if you're thinking like in terms of, um, you know, theology, if you 
if you're looking at trusted voices in theology, if you just somebody threw out a couple of authors at you, who would you say are ones that you kind of go back to pretty regularly? Just it, authors in general? Mm -hmm. I mean, Keller. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think you should just read everything Keller. Specific to theology? I oh. mean, certainly he's solid there. Yeah. I mean, theology, uh, Grudem's systematic mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. fantastic. Um, I actually really appreciate Erickson's, even yep. though it's, um, he's going to give you four views. Um, within systematic theology, he's going to give you four views. It, it gives you a really um, robust understanding of Karl Barth, which mm -hmm. I think for theology in the last hundred years, you you need to know something about Barth. Right. So um, Erickson's, um, Man Packer's, uh, he, he's got a concise theology, and then Knowing God, mm -hmm. um, both of those are are really helpful. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. What about like, or did you have, did you have a thought there? Well, I liked all that. Right. I was going to say, you know, with systematics, that's one side. You could also go just like biblical theology or kind of the story. Um, mm -hmm. Michael Goheen's The Drama of Scripture yeah, sure. is great and pretty accessible. Yeah, absolutely. Too. So yeah, it's a really that's good, a good one. one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. There's a short book on biblical theology that I think is written by um, it's one of the Nine Marks series of books, which is a, a series oh, yeah. that, that can be pretty handy. A lot of it's written for folks in ministry, but a lot of it would be helpful for anybody. Uh, but there's one in biblical theology. It's a purple book. I think it's Nick Roark. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that yeah. right. Yeah, that's a good one. But it's a short one, and it kind of walks you through a lot of that kind of stuff. But, yeah, that's a good one. I think another, um, like, it depends on, like, how much you want to nerd out on this stuff, right? But I think another one that I've looked at more probably in the past year is um, an older guy, Herman Bodink. Is, oh is yeah, one of those that, shoot. That I'll look. But yeah, I mean, but that's like if you want to get nerdy. Yeah, that's right? that's a that's a nerdy one. Yeah, you're gonna need sure. a lot of coffee. Yeah, yeah. Um, but even Michael Lawrence has a biblical yeah. theology book. Yeah, that one's really good. That one's that one fantastic. Like um, man, uh, what's Goheen's? Um, the drama of scripture. Yeah. Drama of scripture, mm -hmm. man. That that one's fantastic. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, so like, what about like spiritual formation, spiritual disciplines, kind of stuff? Tyler, you want to start us off there? Are there kind of go-tos for you there? I mean, you can't really go wrong with Dallas Willard. Yeah. Yeah. And the people who read Willard. Right. So that's probably what's happened for me is Willard started influencing some things and then some people who probably could distill the things that Willard was talking about. Right. Maybe even at a more just kind of like elementary level. Sure. Just reading those people. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say um, that's a really big one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you know, some like some classics and, you know, I mean, it, here's the thing with all of these like book recommendations and author recommendations, none of these are scripture. Right. No. And so we're not <coughs> saying any of these people are inerrant, but like that they've been helpful to us and they're ones that we sure. kind of return to pretty regularly. But with, but really when you're reading anything other than scripture, you need to be discerning. Right. And you yeah. need to be, you need to be like sort of checking it, challenging it, both against scripture and with, you know, believers in your life that you trust, right? Like, I don't know where this phrase came from, but like, whatever you're reading, you know, eat the meat, spit out the bones. Like, there's yeah. going to be something you reject in all of this stuff. Yeah. And that's just part of, uh, part of learning, part of discipleship is, is recognizing like, yeah, these humans are broken. I'm going to, I'm going to take what's helpful and be grateful for that. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think in terms of formation, I mean, obviously Richard Foster is one of those voices that, um, that you hear people talk yeah. about. Um, in, in, uh, in discipline. Um, I, I think uh, Eugene Peterson is yeah. uh, one of those voices for me. That's mm. uh, one that I go to. Yeah. So I like a lot. No, Peterson's great. 
And then there's old dead guys like Richard Sibbs and okay. yeah. um, you want to get puritanical there. Yeah. Um, Sibbs has got some good stuff. Uh, Richard Baxter. Okay. Um, you know, you're kind of getting into some, some biblical theology or biblical counseling stuff. Sure. I mean, again, I, Keller, I think when you're looking at, um, like even his book on prayer yeah. is fantastic. Uh, Paul Miller uh, mm -hmm. with the praying life and a loving life. Sure. I'm in terms of, of disciplines of life. And I just finished um, John Mark Comer's book, um, uh, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Yeah. A lot of Willard stuff in there yeah. and some super helpful uh, just writing on, on different rhythms. Right. Andy Crouch's, um, yeah. uh, uh, what was that? What, what's, the, what, what's that book he Tech has? Techwise Family. Techwise Family, yeah. Yeah, all of those, I, I think from a, the standpoint of rhythms of life and disciplines are, are really helpful. Yeah, that's good. I think one, one author that, like there's times whenever, I guess for everybody, there's probably things that I don't really look to certain authors for, but, that, but I trust them for, for a lot of things. And one of the things I find myself doing a lot is like if I have some like sort of random, I guess you'd call this, I guess it's kind of in the realm of systematics, but he doesn't, he doesn't really seem like that kind of guy. Maybe it's biblical theology, I don't know. But, but when you're thinking about like, how does this, how do I approach this random question biblically? Mm -hmm. um, uh, honestly, I mean, Desiring God has put out a million oh, resources. Yeah. And um, like John Piper has this series called, um, you know, Ask Pastor John, where people just like send in questions. And I don't know how, how many he lives he's done, but he just takes a little while and walks through how he thinks about that biblically. And you might disagree with them, mm -hmm. but sometimes it's good to just hear somebody like you just you just take a random question like, should I get I mean, this isn't a real one I've, I've seen or whatever or heard, but like, should I get an Apple Watch? Is that going to be good for me? Right. And you might think like there's no biblical like sort of there's no biblical, you know, uh, text that's going to be a help you decide whether or not you should get an Apple Watch, right? But like, I think if you listen to somebody who's really adept at being able to, who knows the scriptures really well and is adept at being able to say, well, here's the issues that are involved and how you break that down and here's how the scripture speaks to those issues, right? Yeah. Then you're going to be able to get there. And I think that's actually not just in getting your answer, right, for whether or not you should buy an Apple Watch, but I think listening to somebody like that, like, um, like Piper, um, who's really good at that kind of helps to start train your mind to start seeing uh, the world through that lens. Yeah, you know? man, absolutely. Yeah, um, and man, Piper, uh, his book, Desiring God, which is right. the namesake of his website, sure. that, that for me, that book really um, opened doors that I, I didn't even know existed. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's another heady one that you need coffee. Uh, but man, uh, from a a foundation, if you're looking for a starting point, um, desiring God's a great place to, to begin. Yeah, that's really good. Okay, so um, are there any other, like, are there other, like, authors or resources that you've thought of while we're talking about this that, you know, you just haven't had a chance to mention that you feel like you kind of go back to pretty often? Man, honestly, like, some, some guys that aren't uh, quite that heady and I think are more accessible. Chandler's put out some good stuff. Creature yeah. of the Word is a... Sure is a book from a, a philosophy of ministry and what um, a gospel-centered church looks like. I, I think that book has uh, been super foundational for us. Um, man, I'm, uh, in terms of worship, or has Coughlin and... Yeah, I mean, 
Bob Coughlin has a book called Worship Matters, which is really good. Um, Mike Cosper has some good stuff on understanding the gospel story, narrative, and worship. Sure. Um, Glenn Packiam, yeah, really, hmm. really solid guys. Um, and a lot of their writing comes from distilling other people's writing. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. taking more like seminary level stuff mm-hmm. and synthesizing it down into something that the everyday person can just read. And, yeah. and that's what I appreciate about those guys so much is because they, they make it sure. understandable for me. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, those are really good. I think that whenever I first started working here, one of the guys you were reading a lot in terms of like understanding culture and philosophy was James K. Smith. Yeah. Yeah. His, uh, his book, How Not to Be Secular, um, is incredible. Yeah. Uh, but again, Smith, you, you have to read with a dictionary. Mm-hmm. Like he's using words that, uh, that I, I think he's made up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just, it, sure. it, he is a hard guy uh, to read in a lot of ways. But he's got a book called um, You Are What You Love, which is kind of, yeah. you know, he's a product of Augustine. And so right. that was kind of an Augustinian idea mm-hmm. that he has um, made more accessible today. And that book is actually a lot more readable than the rest of his stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I did not like, he had, there was the book specifically about Augustine, Augustine. I don't know how to say it, but on it the was road. on the road. Yeah. And I did not like it. It wasn't great. I like James K. Smith and he's a unique and valuable person who yeah. bears the image of God. I'm not saying like he's a worthless person. We don't have to don't like, like all their stuff. No. Yeah. It was just, it was like every paragraph was him trying to pack in like, you know, a, a, an old school, like a quote from a church father and a obscure, um, philosopher and you know some lyric from Radiohead it was just like <laughs> it was like him like sort of like trying to show the span of his I know we bit. get it you listen to Chance the Rapper it's okay <laughs> we got it we got it yeah so, so like if you uh so how not to be secular was about Charles Martin's book yeah right or is that right. Charles Martin is that the right Charles oh. Taylor. Taylor Charles yeah, Taylor. Taylor Charles Taylor. Martin yeah that's a guy that my wife reads and it's different. Yeah. Okay. Different guy. Um, I don't know. I don't know Charles Martin, but I know Charlie Brown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's good. Like so, so how not to be secular is from that. Well, Mike Cosper's book, Transcendent Faith in a Disenchanted, Disenchanted World, is really, really good and much more accessible. So if you're looking for something, okay. it's a really good book. Yeah. There Cosper is great because he can read Smith and then make it understandable. Yeah. Like I, I read, we, I made the entire staff read Desiring the Kingdom by Smith. Mm-hmm. And I really, 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 really wanted to like it. Yeah. But I didn't. You didn't like it? No. <laughs> yeah. It's just really hard to read. Yeah, some folks you gotta, you read and then you just have to put your head down for a little while. And he's one of those sometimes. But yeah. It's really, a lot of stuff is, is awesome. Yeah. Okay, so what are you guys reading right now? I know, Austin, I know you've, I've heard you talk recently. I think you've got a few books going at the moment. Yeah. Um, man, I just finished that uh, book on Ernest Shackleton's journey to the Antarctic, uh, called Endurance. Yeah. I finished that a couple days ago. It was amazing. Yeah. But again, it's historical. And, and what, the place that I'm at right now is I'm, I, I'm not, I actually, and, and this is another thing, but I, I, I'm starting uh, a master's at Wheaton um, here next on Monday is my first day. Yeah. Um, and I'm taking a leadership class. So I was about to say, I don't read leadership books, but I'm about to read a bunch of leadership books. Right, for but sure. in the last few years, instead of reading leadership books, I've just read about leaders, yeah. uh, which is, you know, I've, I've read a biography on Ulysses S. Grant, um, on uh, George Whitfield, who I, I've named my, my son after. I mean, mm-hmm. that guy's unbelievable. 
uh, Teddy Roosevelt, um, you know, I, and, and Ernest Shackleton. I think in, in reading about leaders, you learn about leadership sure. by, by watching people engage in the process of, of leading people through hard things. I uh, finished that book, The Splendid and the Vile, which was really a, a story of how Churchill walked um, uh, Britain through the blitz from the Germans in 1940 and 1941. And you just, you learn so much about leading people from watching Churchill respond to hard things. Yeah, that's cool. I just finished that book too. It's good, it's right? incredible. Eric Larson. Woo! I'll read anything the guy writes. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah, Devil in the White City m- m- might have been one of my favorite books I've ever read. That's, That's awesome. That's Y'all good. nerd out in a whole different area than I, than I nerd out. Which is great. I've started reading some sci-fi because of you. I you know, that's that's awesome. I don't read that much sci-fi. I watch it. I don't read as much sci-fi as I watch. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But like right now I'm reading, um, I just finished Canoeing the Mountains, which is a leadership book. Oh, yeah. Um, which is a cool, like it kind of takes the story of, um, you know, like Lewis and Clark supposed to find the um, Northwest Passage to be able to, you know, uh, you know, basically make shipping um, unbelievably easy and travel and all those kind of things because everybody just assumed there was going to be that. And, and so, you know, what, what it talks about is that they, you know, sort of got across the continental divide and thought, okay, we're going to be fine. Everything's, we're going to figure out uh, where we need to go. And then it turns out there's just rocky mountains as far as they can see. And they'd expected, the, the, where it gets its title is from um, this idea that they sort of expected to be in canoes the whole time. Um, and then they look up and they see all there is is Rocky Mountains. And so as leaders, they had to sort of like shift their whole group to this challenge they weren't expecting, which is you're not, you're not canoeing a river anymore. You're mountain climbers now to be able to make the rest of this journey. Wow. So it's just kind of talking about leading through um, when, yeah. when there's sudden changes you weren't, on, you weren't prepared for, um, which is cool. So I just finished that up. Um, I agree with you. Leadership books aren't my favorite, but that one I thought was helpful. Um, and then uh, I was reading a book called The Art of Gathering. Um, I, I can't remember her name right now, but it, it was just about like the purpose and intentionality behind actually like getting people together. Um, and I haven't finished it yet. Uh, we're read as a staff. We're reading uh, The Pastor by Peterson. Mm, that's I, good. I love that one. Uh, it's just yeah. kind of a biography of, of Peterson and like his journey into ministry and through ministry and all that kind of stuff. But it's another one of those where you learn about leadership and, and you learn about spiritual disciplines just by reading a guy who has lived, yeah. lived a life with Jesus for 60 years. Right, right. And the last couple of chapters, we haven't gotten there as a staff yet, but um, in reading this one before, in the last couple of chapters, you get an appreciation for the message, mm-hmm. which is, you know, his sort of paraphrasing of Scripture. You get an appreciation for the message that I never, that I oh, never yeah. had before. And it makes you, like, value that mm-hmm. more. Not as a, I mean, it's not, it's never going to be like the NASB. It's not a Bible. It's not a translation. It's a, yeah, it's a rephrasing. Yeah. It's one yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. So, but when you hear the backstory behind it, it's helpful. And then I've got to read some book for s- some stuff for school uh, right now, like the concerning the true care of souls is something I read. But in terms of fiction, I keep like thinking about um, that. Um, was it Gilead? Marilyn Robinson. Oh yeah. I think I'm going to pick I that up. I won a Pulitzer Prize. I know. I'm going to pick that one up again. That's that good. Just, yeah. I feel like it's been popping up in my brain recently. Yeah, man. That's a good one. Um, what are you reading, Tyler? Um, I'm reading The Worship Pastor by Zach Hicks. Okay. Mm. And I'm reading The Emotionally Healthy Leader yeah. by oh. Pete Scazzaro. Sounds good. If you're listening to this podcast, anything Pete Scazzaro, yeah. just do it. Yeah. Do it. 
turned out it's a real funny timing because it turns out in during quarantine um, you get squeezed a little and yeah, so sure. what's really inside of your heart comes out right yeah and so it's allowing me to kind of go back and kind of see some things again and go like oh okay yeah all right lord you still got a lot of work to do in me right yeah um, oh yeah so yeah those are those are really good sweet yeah awesome. Yeah, hope this is hey. helpful. Guys, I appreciate it. This is this is probably my favorite podcast, but it's also by far the nerdiest one we've done. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, and we've done some nerdy stuff. Yeah. We're, but we're, this we're, is... We're nerdy. This is I'm, just I'm hard, nerdy. deep dive into the, the depths of our nerdness. Yeah. Well, and the hope is not to say like, hey, look at all these books we've, we've read or whatever, but the hope is like that you just sort of, if you've been wondering, what do I read and, you know, who do people I trust you know, kind of go to, well, hopefully there's a few voices you can pick up here that you might like one or two of them and you can, you know, build from that and yeah. at least see how we think about when we go look for a resource. Yeah. Well, and also this is like watching, you know, hardcore Cubs fan talk about baseball. Right. I mean, we're just like, I love books. Sure. I, I love the, the, the process of, of learning and information and the way that changes your view of the world and um, just such a valuable I mean, it's valuable for believers in Jesus, but um, reading is valuable for humans. Yeah, especially if you if you filter reading through like real biblical community mm-hmm. and like actually living your life. If you just if you just hole up in a room and you just read books and they all just like sort of sit in you. I mean, it's like you know, <laughs> pouring water into a pond that has no inlet or outlet, right? Yeah. Like eventually, it's going to get gross and it's not actually going to be helpful. I mean, if you're filtering that through real life, through real biblical community, and you're, you're able to be pushed and pulled and somebody to say, like, I don't care how many books you've read, you're, you're still being dumb and bad at your relationship or <laughs> yeah. whatever, like, then, then this can actually be, like, really helpful and really... Yeah, because education should not make you prideful. Yeah. Education should tell you how much you don't know and, right. and humble the mess out of you. Right. Yeah, and so that's... Reading books should only inform just how little you know. Right. Right. And I remember, I mean, and for Jr. and I, I think the, fir- the first things we connected on were books. Yeah, that's true. Like we was just, um, yeah, so that was a little side note there. I think one caveat to add to people if they're like trying to become a lifelong learner and yep. you're sitting here going like, I don't read at all. Right. Where do I even start? That sounds overwhelming. I would say just like having a general posture of being willing to ask questions of those that you respect. Yeah. Because I think our general disposition is to not ask questions and to kind of just like, I got to figure it out on my own. Right. If you can begin to have a curiosity that's not defensive, right. just in life in general, that I'm willing to ask questions of people that I respect and not be embarrassed by the fact that I might not know already, I, I think that's a great place to start. Because for those, of, for those who like just don't even know where to start because they're not willing to ask the question, well, you definitely won't be a lifelong learner if you never ask good questions. Yeah, sure. So That's I good. think even just having a posture of being willing to ask people that you respect right. their opinion on things and being right. willing to hear what they have to say will go a long way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Here, here's the last thing I'll say as well. Sweet. There are so many avenues for getting app books now. Yeah. Um, don't, just because you listen to it on Audible doesn't mean it didn't count. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So utilize Audible, utilize Hoopla, utilize Kindle, you still, still buy paperbacks. And if you get a, a chapter or two into a book, and you're just struggling, just put it down. Give up. It's fine. Yeah. Life's, gonna, too, life's too short to make it through a book that you just don't think is very good. Absolutely. 
purpose of reading books is not so that you can tell other people that you read books. Absolutely. Like it's, it's supposed to be like valuable to you and decent. And honestly, like there's a whole lot of, especially like Christian books, especially books written by pastors that like were a great sermon series and they would have made for a pretty solid 30 page paper. But when they went to their publisher, they were like, no, you gotta, you gotta spread that out into 250 pages. Yeah. And you just don't need to read the whole thing. No. Yeah, right. Like you get the idea from the introduction and the first couple of chapters, you know where they're going and you know, the rest of the, of the rest of the book, it's just going to be them like telling more stories about their cousins or about their church. Absolutely. And the same thing. Great. You got the idea. Put that book down. Yeah. It's too short to read, you know, bad books. Man, no question. I've intentionally bought books knowing I was only going to read a few chapters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Because I want to just learn that one thing. I've earned degrees only reading parts of books. Man, Audible <laughs> made a mistake by allowing you to return any book for any reason. Yeah, I feel guilty about that. I can't uh, do that too much. I, I have, returned, to have a legit reason. Oh, I've listened to many first chapters of books and then just been like, I can't do it. Oh, yeah. And that's a legit reason to me. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. Well, cool beans. We love y'all pick up a book and uh, ask questions and yeah it's good love you guys bye everybody bye